here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You're at the right place, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, the only place you should be. I am Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. The media are excited, thrilled, even our favorite news channel. And yet, they don't know what they're talking about. You know, I was asked to go on my buddy's show tonight, Hannity. And I said no, because I'm working on my book and so forth. All this stuff broke. I'm watching what's being reported. And I called Sean and I said, I think I better come on. So I will be on Hannity tonight on the Fox News channel, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 7, what is that? 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Now, number of legal matters. And in my opinion, everything that's being said about the Cohen case is wrong. And remember who Cohen's lawyer is, Lanny Davis, who hates Trump, who is a Hillary consigliere. And this guy, Michael Cohen, is a sleazeball, an attorney. He pled, pled to eight counts. It was not adjudicated in a court. The prosecution didn't have to prove its case. Cohen pled to eight counts. That's important. Five counts, tax evasion, from 2012 to 2016. One count, false statement in a loan application. Two counts, campaign finance violations. The prosecution said unlawful corporate contributions and excessive personal contributions. Paid at the direction of the candidate. To influence the election. Sounds pretty terrible. Sounds pretty black and white, cut and dry. That's the way it's being reported. Now let's look at this for a minute. Rather than taking up the prosecution's cudgel and running with it, which is what the media do, it's amazing. This is a guilty plea, it's not an adjudication. Prosecutors and Cohen cut a deal. It's a plea bargain. It's not a precedent. It won't be cited for anything. Nobody cites plea bargains for precedent. They obviously had more on Michael Cohen, or Michael Cohen wouldn't have cut a deal. Cohen cut a deal. Now, A campaign expenditure must be solely for a campaign activity. It must come from a campaign activity. Not an activity that occurred before the campaign. A candidate who spends his own money, or even corporate money, for an event that occurred not as a result of the campaign is not making a campaign expenditure. Now, let me give you some examples. Let's say a candidate had said and was a big businessman. We owe vendors money. There's some dispute over this. 
let's get them paid so it doesn't look bad for my campaign and so I look good. Or let's say he settles a lawsuit that was initiated before the campaign or outside the campaign, but he doesn't want it to be an issue during the campaign, and he says to his lawyer, let's go ahead and settle that. There's absolutely nothing illegal about it. Now, all you talk show hosts and lawyers who are listening to me, take notes. I want you to copy what I say. Let's say a candidate says, get a non-disclosure agreement, pay the funds out of my pocket, because I don't want this person to attack me during the campaign for something that occurred before the campaign. That's perfectly legal. That's not a campaign expenditure. What the prosecution has done here, paid at the direction of the candidate to influence the election, is contorted the law. Can you imagine if the prosecutor's right and I'm wrong? Have we even worked through these issues? So the fact that Michael Cohen cuts a deal, the, fi- the fact that Michael Cohen's been recording his, uh, his clients, the fact that Michael Cohen didn't pay his taxes for five or six years and lied on a loan application, and then agreed to two campaign finance violations doesn't create precedent, legal precedent of any kind. There's been no judge. There's been no jury. I just want to be abundantly clear about what well, a president's in the crosshairs now, and I was a target. President's been in the crosshairs. The president's been a target. Why do you think the prosecution wanted those two counts? Why do you think the prosecution wanted those two counts? So they can claim that this is what the law says through the plea bargain that was cut with Cohen. But just because they say it doesn't make it true, it's not precedent for anything. So let me go through an example again. I decide I'm going to run for uh, Senate. And I have this employee or this individual who accuses me of X. I deny it, but I don't want it to be an issue. So I say to my lawyer, pay the guy. Pay him. Give him a non-disclosure agreement. Thousand of them are done every hour of the day. Just shut the guy up. I want to run for office. Shut the guy up. Pay him something. And he does. And I decide to run for Senate. Let's say I'm running for the Senate. I'll make it even a a tougher case. I'm running for the Senate. And the guy says, I'm going to screw your candidacy. I'm going to raise all these issues. I say to my lawyer, let's get a non-disclosure agreement. I'll pay it out of my pocket or if it's a corporation, I'll pay it from the corporate funds. We have non-disclosure agreements all the time. Let's shut the guy up. And we pay it. Neither are illegal. If I took money out of the campaign funds that I'm raising to pay somebody under a non-disclosure agreement, that's illegal. That's illegal. But that's not what I've done. 
That's not illegal. Paid at the direction of the candidate to influence the election. Now, there's a lot of things you do to influence an election as a candidate that are legal. That are perfectly legal. Maybe you decide to buy a a certain type of property or a certain type of car or whatever, whatever, with your own funds to demonstrate you're a regular guy because you want the people's vote. You want to be a regular guy. So I sell my Maserati and I buy a Chevy Impala. See that? I'm doing that to influence the election because now I'm a regular guy. Is that a violation of the campaign finance laws? If I don't use campaign money, I use my own funds or corporate funds or what have you? No. Then the prosecution says, not only that, it's an illegal corporate contribution because corporate funds were used. Well, so what? It's my money. It's my car. Well, you want to influence the campaign. Well, there are a lot of things that influence a campaign that aren't a campaign violation. I hope this makes sense to you because you're getting a ton of propaganda. A ton of propaganda. That's not to say the prosecution won't try something uh, nasty. But I'm telling you what the law is. And I'm going to bring on this program in a few minutes. Bradley Smith, the former chairman of the Federal Election Commission who himself lays out this case and has on this program and in the Wall Street Journal. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to welcome Bradley Smith to the program, former chairman of the Federal Election Commission, law professor now. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, Mark? Good. I had to drag you out of your vacation. I apologize uh, for that. Well, for you, Mark, I'll do anything. I'll You're a good man. For you. <laughs> would, you, uh, would you sign a non-disclosure agreement? But anyway, let me ask you a question. I'm watching some what I consider to be inaccurate and hysterical reporting. I'm also watching some professors who have not really acquainted themselves with FEC and campaign law. Let me ask you a few questions, Bradley Smith. If I'm a candidate for the Senate, and I tell my lawyer, look, I want you to pay uh, Frank, who just keeps attacking me and smearing me and so forth, or, or Frank, who has negative information on me, I want you uh, to get a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA, like corporations do, or people do a thousand times an hour in this country, uh, pay him, and I want it to go away. And I use my cash or corporate cash. I don't use campaign cash. And it has nothing to do with the campaign, actually. These are, I've had this relationship with this guy. It hasn't gone very well in terms of uh, employee-employer. And Is that a campaign violation? Uh, no, it, it should not be. Uh, assuming that Frank is uh, complaining about things that you've done in the past uh, or threatening to expose things he thinks are bad behavior, that you cheated golf or whatever it is, um, and those are things that uh, are not related to you running a campaign, right? Uh, that's, that's not an, a campaign expenditure, even though it might incidentally benefit your campaign, even though you, you know, part of the reason you decide to pay it off now is so that, is so that you won't have to deal with all the press inquiries and, you know, some people who believe these charges and so on. 
but it doesn't make it a campaign expenditure. An example, so, let's say Frank yeah. had actually sued you and you had a lawsuit pending, and you said, this lawsuit is totally bogus, but I don't want to worry about this during the campaign, so let's just settle it with Frank. It doesn't turn it into a campaign expenditure. It's still a personal expenditure. So you want to clean up things that have taken place that, in your view, may bring negative uh, press to your campaign, and it might influence the outcome of the election, and you say, you know what? These are private matters. This is my money. I have every right to spend, spend this money to do that, correct? Right. Now, what if the converse were true? It seems to me a complaint would be filed every single day against candidates who are running for office when they spend their own money or corporate money uh, to, to look better or to quiet people who are attacking them or to do whatever, buy, buy a different kind of car, wear different kinds of clothes, get a, as you point out, get a new haircut and so forth. I mean, the list of charges would be endless. Well, yes, potentially it would be. Let us take, for example, suppose a candidate or a successful businessman and had a number of corporations, and he said to his corporations, let's give uh, all our employees a big Christmas bonus this year because the voters will see that I'm a really generous employer, and that will make them think highly of me. Right? Does that turn that into campaign expense? Can they now use campaign funds to pay those bonuses to employees of the, of the business, not of the campaign? Can they use campaign funds rather than the business funds? The answer is no. Those are, that's not a campaign expense. It's still an obligation of the business. It's an obligation that does not exist irrespective of the campaign. But if I want to pay it out of my own pocket, it's perfectly fine. And right. If you want to pay it out of your own pocket, too, it would be the, the same thing. So what the, the, the argument seems to be, and it hasn't changed, is that if I spend money to make myself look better or to take away negative issues in my private life, my business life, my employment life, and use my own money, that somehow that is a campaign contribution. Correct? Uh, right. Which it is not. That's right. It is not. Now, you're a law professor. I'm a lawyer. We've litigated and so forth. This is a guilty plea. It is a plea bargain, correct, with Cohen? That's my understanding. Does this have judicial precedence, stare decisis? Is it controlling in any way on any future case in that respect? No, it's, it's not the same as if you had a judgment from the court uh, defining this as a campaign expenditure. It's a, it's a plea bargain. And people plea bargain for lots of reasons, and one of the big reasons is that you know, they, they plea bargain down to a lesser charge or they get a lesser penalty for uh, pleading to something. And these prosecutors can come at them with all kinds of charges, and they just decide it's best not to fight it. So sometimes people plea bargain when they think they're totally innocent, but they don't think it's worth fighting. Uh, sometimes they plea bargain to one charge just to get, uh, because the, the penalty for that is less than the other thing they would be charged with. Lots of reasons why people plea bargain, but bottom line is just as you said, it's not judicial precedent that you can cite in court to, to prove the uh, law of the case. So if a prosecutor sits down with a target and says, look, you got five, we've got multiple counts of tax fraud here, tax evasion. We've got false statements on loan applications. Okay, we'll, we'll knock this down to five uh, tax evasion uh, charges, one false statement, and we want you to, to plead guilty to these uh, campaign finance uh, issues, which, which they believe are violations or they claim are violations, unlawful corporate contributions, excessive personal contributions. Now, you sign on the dotted line, and he signs on the dotted line. Okay, that's him signing on the dotted line. That's not an adjudication. And by the way, just because the prosecutor says it's a violation of law, at least in my 
entire legal career and experience. That doesn't make it so, correct? That's correct. All right. Well, Bradley Smith, I always appreciate your expertise. It's very, very important because this can get complicated, particularly with all the static going on out there. So uh, well, enjoy your vacation. Thank you very much, Mark. Good talking all right. to you. All right. You too. Be well. There's another point of this that bothers me a great deal. Stormy Daniels signed the non-disclosure agreement. She was paid. And she violated the non-disclosure agreement. She violated the contract. Because she wanted more. Because the president was running for office. Where I come from, that sounds like blackmail. I'm not making an allegation. I'm not making an allegation. I'm just telling you what it sounds like to me. So I just point this out to you. Now, I've spent two long segments on this. I believe you'll understand this better. And I believe now when you watch Professor Turley, who got it all wrong 10 minutes ago on TV and the others, you'll know why they got it all wrong. And I'll be right back. Conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Now, hush money. Hush money. Wow. That's got to be illegal paying hush money. Hush money. They're called non-disclosure agreements, NDAs. They're entered into every day. Every major company has entered into many of them. Every major union has entered into many of them. I dare say the DNC and the RNC has entered into many of them. In fact, every one of these news organizations, when people leave, I'm sure they've required to to sign non-disclosure agreements, NDAs. In fact, I'm sure the Southern District of New York has probably required employees who leave to sign NDAs or paid them hush money. Call it hush money. Call it whatever you want. They're legal contracts. They're perfectly legitimate. There's nothing nefarious about them. Many of you have signed employment contracts. You have a nondisclosure provision in them. You have a confidentiality provision in them. Stormy Daniels signed a non-disclosure agreement. And she violated it. She decided she signed it under duress and she wanted more money. Her lawyer, who says he's going to run for president as a Democrat, has as his purpose to damage this president. So it's quite self-serving, isn't it? And he has his own ethical issues that trail behind him like dirt trail behind Linus, the Peanuts character. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I speak to you as a constitutional conservative, as a lawyer since I was 22 years old. I've seen a lot. A lot. As a corporate lawyer, as president of Landmark Legal Foundation, as chief of staff to Attorney General Meese, 
as a lawyer defending in the Iran-Contra matter and on and on and on. What is happening here is purposeful. The career prosecutors are very angry with this president. The career intelligence officers at the highest levels of those agencies are very angry with this president. And they're trying to take him down. That's what they're doing. They're not going to be able to take him down in a court of law. They're aiming at the House of Representatives. The media know this. It's why they pound every single day on this president, that he's mentally ill, that he's unethical, that he's immoral, that he, uh, that he lies, that he's a racist, and on and on and on. They want the Democrats to take the House. Mr. Mueller will prepare his impeachment report, which is not his task. But I'll do it anyway. Why? Because he figures he can. He will provide that report to the deputy attorney general who appointed him, his friend, Rod Rosenstein, who will then turn it over to the Congress. A prosecutor writing a report about subjects and targets of his investigation is truly outrageous. It was one of the reasons the independent counsel statute lapsed And it lapsed with the support of both parties because of these reports that they write. And you've heard the president's people say that they're preparing their own report. Do you think that report will get the same attention as the prosecutor's report for most of the media? And, of course, they'll be on defense. They have to repeat it, uh, uh, respond to it. That is the prosecutor's report. So that's what's going on now. And they want to create the impression today that it's been a very bad day for the President of the United States. I think I heard Turley say that. They're all going to say that. That's now a fortune cookie uh, statement. Very bad day for the President of the United States. Why? Was the President on trial in Alexandria, Virginia? No. Was his campaign on trial? No. Was his finances on trial? No. The Southern District of New York. Did the president cut a deal? No. Was the president indicted? No. But look here. This specifically implicates the president because they said a federal campaign official, which is clearly Trump. So what? So what? So the prosecutor got the deal he wanted from an unethical lawyer who's taping his clients who hadn't paid his taxes for five or six years, who made false statements on a loan application, a significant loan application, according to the plea deal. And then the prosecutor adds the campaign counts because the prosecutor has decided that a non-disclosure agreement is a campaign contribution. When you understand federal campaign law, you understand how ridiculous that is. I'll give you another example. All right. I'll back where, where Brad Smith kind of pointed out. I'm in this terrible lawsuit. And I'm running for president of the United States. Or I want to run. Either way. I say to my, settle the damn thing. 
Pay him half a million dollars, whatever it takes. You can pay it out of my personal account or out of my corporate account. Doesn't matter. It was a corporate matter. It came up. Either way, it's legal. Just pay him. And he pays him. According to the prosecution in this case, that's a campaign contribution. But the money didn't come out of the campaign. No, but you wanted to make yourself look good. Well, I'm allowed to settle a lawsuit whether I'm running for president or not. That's not the law that I can't. Well, you exceeded the campaign finance limits. Well, I'm not making a contribution to my campaign. But it doesn't matter. You're trying to influence the outcome of the campaign. Well, you're allowed to influence the outcome of a campaign. Right? You're allowed to clean up a mess. You're allowed to do all those things. The campaign law doesn't say you're not allowed to influence the outcome of a campaign. There are certain things you are prohibited from doing as a matter of law. And settling a lawsuit so you look better or having a non-disclosure agreement executed is not a campaign violation. Money didn't come out of the campaign. And the issues that are being resolved precede the campaign. They precede the campaign. Now, Rudy's doing his best to explain this, but Rudy and the other lawyers don't understand this law. Lanny Davis says, Today, he stood up, his client, and testified under oath that Donald Trump directed him to commit a crime by making payments to two women. You see that? Pretty intelligent. So now we have a conga line of people speaking on cable, network, satellite TV, who know nothing about the law. Nothing. Nothing. And it's being spun and spun and spun. Cohen cut a deal. Cohen broke the law. Cohen failed to pay his taxes. Cohen pled to two campaign violations. How stupid is that? But maybe he had to, because maybe there were 20 tax evasion charges that the prosecution was going to bring. Who knows? Now we have reporters commenting to reporters. Reporters who don't even take the time to learn the campaign finance laws. They just rush to the TV studio, rush to the TV cameras, it's like talk show hosts and radio. Rush to the microphone. It's a bad day. Well, it's not a great day. But Trump is not specifically dragged into the Cohen case as a matter of law. I mean, prosecutors can do what prosecutors do. That can get messy. But that's, he has no control over that, the president. Point is, he didn't break the campaign laws. Regardless of what Michael Cohen pled to. And regardless of what the prosecutor said and said what Michael Cohen pled to. I hope this is clear. I'm trying to make it as clear as I can without getting too legalistic. So these NDAs are signed all the time and they're perfectly legal. And they're legal if you don't use campaign money and if this, is, this didn't arise as a result of a specific campaign activity and none of it did. And none of it did. Now I know. 
other talk show hosts listen to this show. I know. In the Washington area, senators, congressmen, and people at the White House listen to this show. I know even liberal reporters listen to this. We want to know what the other side thinks. You know, that's how they view us. But I happen to be right. I'm not discussing this as a partisan. I'm discussing this as a lawyer. A lawyer who has studied this for the last several months, knowing something like this was likely to happen. A lawyer who has experience dealing with an independent counsel among others, to just keep bringing people in who write columns, who broadcast, who are supposedly reporters, to keep commenting on this as if they actually know something, surmising, suggesting, implying, is really uh, unfortunate for the American people. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've been listening to the radio show lately, you've heard me talking about the free 30-day trial that we're offering at Conservative Review TV. And that's where you can watch Levin TV. We started out with only Levin TV, but we quickly realized that people wanted more. They wanted a network, more shows, more hosts, more ways to watch. Our fans were tired of the lies spouted by the liberal media, but they didn't have a good alternative. Our subscribers are like you. They lead busy lives. They want to watch on their time, and they don't have time to waste. That's why we created CRTV in my living room. It's a network without ads, without censors, and most importantly, a network that brings you the stories you won't hear from the liberal media. But if you're like me, you believe in the old adage from President Reagan, trust but verify, well, guess what? We're giving everyone access to CRTV for 30 days absolutely free so you can check it out yourself with no risk. Don't take our word for it. Look at it with your own eyes. Try it for yourself. Give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV, and we'll get you set up in less than five minutes. Again, that's 844-LEVIN-TV. Now, the Manafort case. A couple of quick things. 18 charges, guilty of eight counts, and a mistrial declared on 10 other counts. This is why a prosecutor throws all this stuff against the wall. Now, he had his day in court, five counts of tax fraud, one count of hiding foreign bank accounts, two counts of bank fraud uh, under an an additional uh, statute. All the real complicated stuff, all offshore accounts and so forth and so on, that's where the jury hanged. That is, that's where they couldn't come to a uh, uniform conclusion. Now, we all know one thing. Paul Manafort wouldn't even be in this situation, but for the fact that he was Donald Trump's campaign chairman for four and a half months. That doesn't excuse anything. I'm not a special pleader for him. I'm just making a point. These charges affect decisions Manafort made years ago. It's not like they didn't know he existed. Some of the information had passed through the Eastern uh, District U.S. Attorney's Office in uh, Virginia. Some of them had passed through the FBI's hands already. But there is an injustice here, is there not? 
And what is the injustice, Mark? Well, his Lieutenant Gates pleads to two counts, may never see one day in prison. Yet a complete sleazeball, crook, and all the rest of it, confesses it on the stand. Manafort never confessed anything. He's fought this every step of the way. What's interesting, again, about the commentary in the media, if those eight counts were so black and white that there was really no defense, then why wouldn't Manafort have cut a deal? Maybe he will in the next week or two. But why wouldn't he have done it earlier? It's a lot to think about. One of the things I do, and I would encourage you to do, is not accept the arguments, the, the, the points, the propaganda even, that comes through your television screen immediately. Because these people don't know any more than you do. You don't have to accept their speculation. And we're seeing this speculation all night tonight. Particularly on the Cohen case. That's not news, it's speculation. It's innuendo. It's, it's predictions, prediction-making. Fine, you can do that by yourself. You don't need help. But uh, I just wanted to point a number of these things out to you. And you're going to see some of these professors who you've been citing in the past, who are Democrats and so forth, they're going to get it wrong. I heard Turley, good guy, nice man. He's wrong on this campaign finance stuff. That's not to say prosecutors won't pursue these things. They do make an important point, or Brett Baer did, which is there's nothing in this agreement that compels Cohen to assist the prosecutors. Okay, fine. The problem with all this is the president has not committed any offenses. The Mueller investigation proves it. The Mueller investigation proves it, which is why they're trying to catch him in a legal trap. A little too cute and clever. If they actually had a crime on the president, you'd know about it already. So they want to create one. And if he doesn't talk to them, They'll write about it anyway. He shouldn't talk to them, but I'm saying they're intending to write about it anyway. Now, is that justice? That must be a great way to run an office if you're a prosecutor. Hey, look, we can't get the guy, the President of the United States, uh, to testify. Uh, we'll say what happened. Well, he had his chance, not really, because you're trying to set him up. You're not pursuing the truth, you're pursuing the president. The Cohen case all day long. This guy is a disgrace. He will lose his law degree not just because he pled guilty. He is taping his clients. He's taping his clients. Those of you who've dealt with lawyers, can you imagine if they're taping you and to have that information on hand just in case they need it? Well, how are you supposed to have a lawyer? How are you supposed to have representation? How are you supposed to explain your situation to a lawyer? And by the way, particularly if you're a criminal defendant, how are you supposed to do these things under our system? They're being bulldozed. They're being rolled over. And the media doesn't even care because they want Trump. 
and anyone associated with Trump. It's terrible. More when we return. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I often think to myself, can you imagine... The number of FBI agents and other federal investigators and prosecutors that are being used to chase this president and his staff, can you imagine what good they would be doing if they were chasing real criminals? Now, ladies and gentlemen, Molly Tibbetts, her body was found today. She was murdered. She was 20 years old, a college student in the middle of Iowa. She was out for a run. She was chased down by an illegal alien. Been in this country six to seven years. Maybe he's a dreamer. She must have been so scared, so frightened. Don't don't you think about What goes through someone's mind when they know they're going to be assaulted, when they know they're going to be killed? A 20-year-old girl like this, I suspect she's calling out to her mother, to her father, wondering how this could be happening to her before she stops breathing. You wonder how he killed her, her last moments, not because it's ghoulish, but because you're so furious. Another human being snuffed out. When people come into this country illegally, the moment they step into this country, they have little respect for the rule of law because they just broke it. Obviously, and I have to say this because my words will be twisted, all people who come here illegally don't kill. The vast majority don't. But that's not the point. Molly Tibbetts would be alive today, but for the fact that this illegal alien was in this country illegally. Well, Mark, citizens commit crimes. I, I understand that. Molly would be alive today, but for the fact that this illegal alien killed her. Here, in brief, is what the police chief had to say. Go ahead. We have confirmed with Homeland Security Investigations that he is an illegal alien, and we believe he has been in this area now for four to seven years. What led you to him? How did you come into contact with him? How did you get on your radar? Well, during the investigation, we reached out to the public, as you well know. And during our neighborhood canvas, we came across an individual that had security cameras. We took those cameras. He was kind enough to give us the footage from it. 
And through that, we're able to identify a vehicle that uh, we believe belonged to Mr. Rivera. It was a black Malibu. And from that, we're able to, we're also able to find Molly running on this video. And we're able to determine that he was one of the last ones to have seen Molly running based on the video, again, that we were able to seize from the general public. Now, we don't have all the audio, but I did see the police chief say further that the illegal alien confessed that he said he drove alongside Molly for a period of time. Uh, Then she pulled out her cell phone and told her to stop following him or she'd call the police. She then ran to take off to run away from him, and he ran after her and tracked her down. After that, he says he blacked out. He blacked out. And you know what's going to happen a week from now? She's going to be all but forgotten. Others will be on TV telling you it could have been a citizen, an American citizen, a naturalized citizen who did this. What are you blaming illegal aliens for? They're going to tell you, we don't need a wall. We don't need any further security. That most of the people who kill are not illegal aliens. I don't care if most of the people who kill are not illegal aliens. The fact is, this illegal alien did kill. And somebody's little girl would be alive. Enjoying life. 20 years old. She had 60, 70 years ahead of her. And you see the pictures of this young girl. She is beautiful. She is precious. She's full of life. She's full of energy. She's smiling ear to ear. Not bothering anybody. A joy, no doubt, to her family. Snuffed out just like this. And we keep playing politics about American security. We keep playing politics about securing the border. Because the Democrats have decided that the only way they can win office and hold office is by importing as many people as possible, chain migration, babies in this country, do whatever has to be done, accuse those who want to ensure that people who vote have the right to vote, accuse them of voter suppression. Get as many felons and former felons as possible to vote. Lie through their teeth during the election. And so be it. So be it. Molly Tibbetts, I just cannot imagine what she was going through in the moments before she died. I cannot imagine what her mother and father are going through right now and her brother and her boyfriend. Now, our president of the United States is a very compassionate man. He has talked about this issue over and over again. And he cannot convince the Democrats and he cannot convince enough Republicans to secure this border and to begin deporting people who ought to be deported. And the American people have had enough of this. 
And I, for one, am sick and tired of Mitch McConnell getting a pat on the head as this great majority leader in the United States Senate, and I don't think he is at all. I don't think he is at all. He can't get so many of these things done. And these are important things. So, Molly isn't the first and she won't be the last. And it's a damn shame that this that this light of life was snuffed out by an illegal alien. I'll be right back. Lovin. Man, oh man, shut I haven't heard a commentator yet during the break on TV get this right in the Cohen case. Make sure you watch Hannity tonight, will you? I think it's very important. As I say, I'll be on at... Uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, which obviously is 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, and all kinds of other times all around the country and all around the world. The uh, special prosecutor, there's nothing special about Mueller, quite frankly, has admitted that the Department of Justice policy does not enable him to indict or seek the indictment of a sitting president. That was in that New York Times article over the weekend. And uh, that's now generally understood throughout the media. I made this point 18 months ago. It was dismissed. I made it again 10 months ago. It was dismissed. Then I made it six months ago. People started to think about it. Then I started reading the two memos from the Department of Justice on air, as well as the regulations that apply to Mr. Mueller as an employee of the Department of Justice, which he must comply with. And then as typically happens, I'm just walking you through this, people start repeating it and then citing themselves as the source of the information. It's the damnest thing. But you Levinites know better. Just like I said last night, the reason why Mr. Mueller hasn't gotten back to Rudy Giuliani and Jay Sekulow so quickly uh, based on their last offer is because he is consulting with the Department of Justice and Mr. Rosenstein, to whom he purportedly reports. This is why I will go on TV tonight, quite frankly, even though I had other things to do, because I think it's important to talk about the Michael Cohen case. The reporting isn't reporting at all. It's blabbermouths who know, don't know a damn thing going on and on and on. Lawyers, professors, prosecutors, former, I guess, same thing. But I know what you did there in the Southern District of New York. I'm on to you. I know exactly what you did. Let me raise another point with you. This is important. One of the many reasons that the president must not comply with any subpoena brought by a rogue prosecutor who seeks to eviscerate our constitutional separation of powers is because there will be no end to this for future presidents. We have over 90 United States attorneys. One of them is in the Southern District in New York. They just cut their plea deal with Cohen. 
What if he wanted to issue a subpoena for the president's testimony based on his interpretation, wrong as it is, on campaign finance laws? And Mr. Mueller wants to subpoena the president to ask him questions about Russia and why he fired his dear friend James Comey. Let's say there is an immigrant or an illegal immigrant who brings a lawsuit of some sort under DACA. You can go on and on. The mind boggles. The president can't answer a subpoena that has as its purpose not to glean information but to set a legal trap because there will be no end to this for future presidents. The office of the presidency will be severely damaged. This was understood, understood by the Department of Justice and has been for 45 years. 45 years. It didn't start with Trump. These rules weren't made because Trump got elected and somebody wanted to protect Trump. No, it was understood they needed to protect the office of the presidency. From what? From whom? From a rogue prosecutor like Robert Mueller. Now, why am I bringing all this up? Because this case in the Southern District of New York underscores the point that the president should not reply or if he's going to reply maybe with executive privilege or something like that, but substantively reply uh, with testimony or anything of that sort. Because there'll be no end to it. It sets a very, very bad precedent. Particularly in this case, since he hasn't committed any offenses. He hasn't witnessed any offenses. They're trying to concoct them. They're writing their impeachment report. And under our system of government, since when does a prosecutor write an impeachment report? Isn't that shocking to you? It's shocking, isn't it? Is the prosecutor political? Well, then why is he writing an impeachment report? An impeachment report? So the prosecutor is going to write what he thinks he found. A president that's given five different answers for why he fired Mr. Comey. Therefore, if we were able to indict a sitting president... Sure, we would indict Donald Trump for obstructing justice. If he were to give testimony, it would be inaccurate testimony, be conflicting testimony that would conflict with Don McGahn or maybe conflict with this one or the other one and so forth. Obstruction of justice. Who the hell? Wants to see that as a system in our government, a system of government. It's not supposed to be. Barack Obama never faced any of this. Why? Because he was pure? No. Because they liked him. The bureaucracy liked him. The uh, media liked him. Democrats liked him. And Republicans were scared to death of being called racist if they criticized him. They never had to face anything like this. It was hard not to pay attention to what Bill Clinton did while he was in office. He molested an intern. Let's just be honest about it. He's a pervert. He molested an intern. While president of the United States. While in the Oval Office. And a civil suit was brought to hold him to account 
for trying to molest a state employee in Arkansas. And so here's the difference. This president hasn't done anything in office that's even been unethical. And in the case of Stormy Daniels and the other lady, the playboy, I think she is, I don't remember, to be honest. They signed non-disclosure agreements. They have violated those agreements. If anything, the president has the right to bring cases against them. But he wants it to quiet down for political reasons, obviously. But in the case of Stormy Daniels' lawyer, he doesn't want it to calm down. He already told you he's running for president in 2020. That's what he told you. He's running for president in 2020. In other words, he plans to run against Donald Trump if he gets the Democrat nomination to run against president. So for him, this is a hobby horse, if you will. The Stormy Daniels case. Rather self-serving. There'll be many arguments that can be made in civil court against what Stormy Daniels is trying. I would move for a summary judgment just based on the fact that uh, this is all a political gimmick. That, in fact, it is Stormy Daniels who violated the uh, non-disclosure agreement and tried to shake down the president for more money. Tried to shake down the president for more money. I don't know why prosecutors aren't looking at her. You know, we used to call that, just call that blackmail. Now, I'm not saying she committed blackmail. I'm just saying that's what we used to call it. But why aren't the prosecutors looking at that? Because they don't want to look at that. We've gone from Russian collusion to Stormy Daniels, Russia collusion to bank fraud with Manafort, Russian collusion to Cohen's issues and so forth. Everything but Russian collusion. I'll be right back. Lady Liberty? Well, this is Mr. Liberty. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. I told you this day was coming. This is the last week to sign up for a free offer from Hillsdale College. I've been talking about the monthly digest of conservative thought in Primus from Hillsdale College for a long time now. Well, the current free offer ends this week after many years. So please visit now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com to start receiving your monthly subscription for free before it's too late. And my life's work is to help preserve freedom. It's the same with Hillsdale College. Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. They teach their stellar students to defend freedom. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. This is it. This week, 3.8 million Americans receive Primus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, you should be reading it, too. Subscribe for free while you can. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you at no cost. 
This is the last week. This is it. Please start reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love and learn so many wonderful things about this country through the magnificent Hillsdale College. This is the last week they're offering it for free after all these years. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right. Let's take a couple calls here. Uh, let us go to Keith, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Go. Mark, uh, your analysis in the first hour, I don't use baseball metaphors very much, but you not only hit it out of the park, uh, the ball disintegrated somewhere in, in the sky. No one can find it. Well, aren't you really? kind? Oh, no, they'll, they'll find it. The professors will eventually find it in a day or two after I'm on Hannity, and then they'll regurgitate it. That's, what, that's so exactly what's going to happen. Okay, and they will. I hope they regurgitate it. I haven't seen them doing it yet uh, anywhere. So. Well, they, they have on no indicting a president, something I've been hammering now for a year and a half. So now everyone agrees, including the prosecutor. So based on your analysis, and I'm not going to repeat it back because, you know, you can, you can summarize it again yourself, um, is, is if I understand your analysis correctly, even if a tape were to emerge, and that's what I was expecting all day, I was expecting that uh, there's going to be a tape between Trump and Cohen, and Trump says, let's get this thing paid before the election. You know, let's just make that scenario out there. So but what? As long as he, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. So it's, let me just let me get right to the point then, because you've yes. got a lot of other callers. And I don't it's all right, relax, slow down. Group. Okay, I'll slow down. Um, is Donald Trump today, based solely on this matter, and the Cohen matter, and based solely on the latest developments in this matter, is Donald Trump any more susceptible or vulnerable today to a subpoena on this matter than he was yesterday? Well, I don't think so. I mean, the same arguments would apply to a subpoena out of the Southern District of New York that would apply to Mr. Mullen. As a matter of fact, Keith, I think the argument would be strengthened. He goes into court, eventually the Supreme Court, and says, look at this. I'm the president of the United States. I got a subpoena over here. I have a subpoena over here. What's next? A subpoena over there and a subpoena over there. They are making it impossible for me. They are burdening me beyond belief to be president of the United States. I'm the only president. It's not like there's 100 senators, 435 members of the House, 1,000 federal judges, nine Supreme Court judges. I am it. And then cite the memos from the Department of Justice that have made these points. I think the reason why Mueller has concluded that he cannot indict a sitting president, honestly, is because I found those two memos a year and a half ago. I've been waving them around. Senior official at the Department of Justice said, well, there they are. They've been in existence, the first one, for 45 years. The second one, for 18 years. We haven't changed them in any respect. They lay out the constitutional arguments. They lay out the statutory arguments. They lay out the, the common sense factual arguments. All you have to do is say... Brief by President of the United States, attached, and attached them. And Mr. Mueller is compelled to comply with them. So if, there were, if this really was a subpoena where he needed to gain information to determine whether to prosecute other people or something like that, he'd have an argument it would still fail. But that's not what he has here, Mueller. And in the case of the Southern District in New York, what I'm telling you is this. They agreed, Mr. Cohen agreed, to these counts, two of which involve federal campaign violations based on what the prosecutor said the law is. You know, a lot of us would be in jail if prosecutors get the final say on what the law is. This isn't the Soviet Union. 
They don't get the final say. They don't get the only say. So this wasn't adjudicated. And I'm telling you, based on my reading of the campaign statutes, based on what the chairman, former chairman of the Federal Election Commission said, who wrote the regulation? Who wrote the regulation? I'm saying this prosecutor is a joke. And the fact that they got uh, Cohen to agree to it because they're probably going to throw more tax charges against him, that's fine for them, but that has no impact on the president unless the Southern District of New York tries to drag the president in and the president has the same constitutional defenses. Would you, if, if Giuliani tomorrow or tonight raises the uh, serendipitous fact that Cohen sang on this because he faced other charges, is that a valid argument on a political basis? Is that a, is that a valid consideration for... Well, on a political basis and, and a reality basis, Cohen cut a deal. They cut a plea bargain. And that means that both sides are satisfied. It means that Cohen would have been charged with more, and he would have had to pay, likely with more, would have had to pay an enormous amount of money for a trial, right? But, Mr. Producer, can you find me Lanny Davis's tweet? Lanny Davis's tweet, uh, who is Cohen's lawyer, which tells you exactly what they're doing here and why this deal was cut. And what I want to make clear is Lanny Davis is mostly a lobbyist. He is a hack for the Democrats and a hack for Hillary Clinton and now a hack for a very unethical man, Michael Cohen, who was taping his clients. Lanny didn't have a problem with that. He's getting paid. Plus, anything he can do to hurt the president of the United States. It's like the uh, porn star's uh, slip and fall lawyer. So let me find that. I'll read it to you and tell you what's going on. See, there's Democrats behind all this. Lanny Davis is a Hillary Clinton stooge. This clown who represents Stormy Daniels, he's a Democrat stooge of longstanding. And he says he wants to run for president in 2020. And so here you have this. This is the Cohen case. This is the potential civil case. The Democrats are behind this. The Democrats pushed for a. for an appointment for a special counsel. Schumer did, and Rosenstein buckled, being the coward that he did. And, of course, nobody talks about the well-being of the nation, what the nation has to go through here, or the threats that we face. You know, they talk about Russia. Russia's a danger. Well, then why are you handicapping the president, who's actually doing something about Russia? Keith, great call. I appreciate it, sir. Let us continue. Donna, Frederick, Maryland, the great W-M-A-L. Go. Hi, Mark. I'm so glad you've explained this in such detail. I, I really appreciate it, and it's really helping a lot. I'll tune into Hannity later. They're throwing the kitchen sink and everything else at our president. And what's upsetting to me is the real obstruction, the real collusion, is this process called a I would say, a phony special counsel investigation that we're witnessing by way of these phony press corps. It's disgusting. It undermines the, the law and order of our country at large. And I don't know how much more the people are going to be able to tolerate with regard to this deep state nonsense. I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't believe that some of the so-called never-Trumpers understand the damage that they're doing. Uh, I don't believe uh, the media care about the damage that they're doing because they're not responsible to anyone for anything. I believe the Democrat Party views this as an opportunity to seize power if they can knock off this president and then uh, and then use that to win the next election. They're more than happy to do it. Uh, 
This whole thing has been a fabrication from day one. Fabrication from day one. Now we're fabricating our campaign laws. We're fabricating our campaign laws so that virtually any private conduct that takes place uh, that uh, involve a matter that took place before an election where the candidate wants to have a non-disclosure agreement and pay funds out of his own pocket, he's not allowed to use campaign funds. That's the irony. He's not allowed to use campaign funds. He is free to use his own funds. And to have a dim-witted prosecutor walk out there and say, well, it violates the campaign limits on personal donations, and it violates the, um, the prohibition on corporate donations. Well, he's not donating to his campaign. He's, he's, he's got two non-disclosure agreements. Well, but it influenced the campaign. Well, you're allowed to influence the campaign. What you're not allowed to do is break the law. And so there is a distinction, but, you know, when prosecute Look, these guys are career guys. In the case of this, this bug-eyed one that walked out today, and uh, he's cold-blooded. And uh, the fact of the matter is they're playing with fire. He got over 60 million people who voted for Trump, and he had these phony cases. These are phony cases. Manafort has nothing to do with Trump. These other guys that got caught up in this, they went after Michael Flynn. They walked away from him the first time. This sleazeball stroke who was fired by the FBI set him up the second time. You got the head of the FBI who was fired, among other reasons, on the recommendation of Rosenstein. He's, he's a confessed leaker of the FBI. And he absconded with government documents, and they said they're, he says they're private because he wrote them. How stupid is that? Any GS3 in the federal government knows, of course you wrote documents. You work for the government. They don't belong to you. They belong to the government. Here's the FBI director, his former deputy attorney general of the United States, a liar. The former deputy director of the FBI, fired and under criminal investigation. The former head of counterintelligence, Mr. Stroke, fired and potentially under investigation. That's the senior people at the, at the FBI. They're gone because of misconduct and other reasons. President of the United States hasn't done anything, and yet he keeps getting dragged into these cases, dragged into these cases because they want to take him down. It is disgusting. This is, this is Soviet-style, Politburo-style justice. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right. Ah, my Patriot Supply. I love this, these guys. When an emergency strikes, what's your first impulse? Your answer is to run to the grocery store. Well, it's too late. You'll likely find chaos, nothing but empty shelves. So how do you avoid this? You know, we're talking about hurricanes and earthquakes and just terrible, terrible situations. It's simple. You use today to make a plan to prepare. One practical place to start is storing up food in your home, like I do. Oh, it's true. I trust and use my Patriot for my food storage. You can, too, so you'll be ready for earthquakes, hurricanes, long-term power outages, and more. Let me tell you something. Last year, it was a horrible hurricane season. And I brought my parents from southern Florida back to Virginia. We had special food, just in case, our storage food, our lights, and all the rest. Even in Virginia. 
You just never know. It's not a kook thing. It's a responsible thing. I'm not going to rely on FEMA. I'm not going to rely on my local grocery store. You know, they have family members, too. They can't get to work. The truckers can't get the food in. It just depends on the weather. You have to be responsible for yourselves. So you can be ready, too. Now, here's a great special that makes it simple. Each person in your household should have a two-week emergency food supply for My Patriot Supply. These kits are only $75 right now, and they contain 92 servings of breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. So you should take action. Protect yourself and your family. Do the responsible thing. Call 800-294-2325. 800-294-2325. Or go to my website, preparewithmark.com. Preparewithmark.com. That's our special website. The food lasts up to 25 years in storage. Meals compact in a rugged, slimline tote, too. Only 75 bucks. Rest tonight knowing you're prepared for tomorrow. Order your food kits at 800-294-2325 or go to preparewithmark.com. One more time. 800-294-2325 or preparewithmark.com. All right, so Lanny Davis, let's see what the the clown had to say here. One minute here, I'm looking. Oh. Today, Michael Cohen stood up and testified under oath that Donald Trump directed him to commit a crime by making payments to two women for the principal purpose of influencing an election. If those payments were a crime for Michael Cohen, then why wouldn't they be a crime for Donald Trump? See, this is a clown with a law degree. This is a Hillary Clinton goon with a law degree. And he teams up with Michael Cohen. Some guy, this Michael Cohen is. Friend of mine wrote me just now and said, Michael Cohen's always been a Democrat. I don't know what Michael Cohen's been. But he's a dishonest man. He's confessed to multiple crimes. Taped his clients. Doesn't get any lower than this jerk. And, of course, Lanny Davis is attracted to him and, in my view, uses the opportunity to try and take out the president of the United States. These lawyers one day need to be held to account to the various rules of professional conduct in their states. They really do. You got one clown who represents Stormy Daniels. He says, I'm going to run for president in 2020 and uses her basically as a hobby horse in order to advance his cause. You've got this other clown, Lanny Davis, who is a Hillary Clinton goon, who suddenly winds up representing the president's former private attorney. How did that happen? So he says, look, if my client, those payments were a crime for Michael Cohen, then why wouldn't they be a crime for Donald Trump? I'll tell you why, moron. Because your client is a crook. Your client didn't pay his taxes. Therefore, your client made a plea deal. He made a plea deal. And the prosecutor told him what to plead to, and he pled to it. That doesn't make pleading to those two counts, two out of eight, on campaign finance issues crimes, because you wanted your client to uh, plead to it, your client wanted to plead to it to cut a deal, and the prosecutors wanted to define what a campaign crime is. That hasn't been adjudicated. You have a criminal who cut a deal with a prosecutor who wanted a deal. That's not precedential. That's not precedential at all. So Lanny Davis does his usual 
propaganda spin. He's a demagogue. Lanny. Lanny, you're such a jackass. You've always been one, quite frankly. I'm just saying. Sorry to use that term. There are other terms I could use, but that's one I can get away with. Today, he stood up and testified under oath that Donald Trump directed him to commit a crime by making payments to two women for the principal purpose of influencing an election. If those payments were a crime for Michael Cohen, then why wouldn't they have been a crime for Donald Trump? I'll tell you why. Because Donald Trump didn't enter into such a ridiculous plea agreement. Because Donald Trump hasn't created, hasn't committed all those other crimes that your client did. Because Donald Trump is innocent. And because federal campaign law does not encompass a non-disclosure agreement involving conduct that has nothing to do with the campaign. I don't know what law school Lanny went to. I don't know where in his class he graduated. I don't know anything about this guy in those terms. But I'd never hire him as a lawyer, would you? Hillary as a client? Michael Cohen as a client? Good Lord. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I think the best way to handle this hour rather than get into new subjects, is to take your questions or your, your points respecting Cohen or the Manafort case or subpoena and so forth so we can clarify and perhaps expand upon some of these points. And I can assure you, you are more knowledgeable than all the so-called experts on cable TV. They don't have a clue. So let's see how it goes, shall we? Larry, Ocala, Florida, the great WSKY. Go. Hey, Mark. Enjoy listening to you, bro. Hey, the reason why I voted for Trump, real simple. I wanted to hear two words, and I wanted to hear them repeatedly. You're fired. I'm ready to fight these Democrats. We need to pardon Manafort. Uh, And anybody else that gets convicted, let them know straight out there's going to be pardons. And then whenever they come back and they tell us, say, look, you know, that's going to cost you an election. It's exactly why we voted for Trump. If he doesn't do this, if he don't build the wall, if he don't do the things, we're going to set home at the next election. Well, I hope not, because he's trying to build the wall, and the people who are blocking him are in Congress. You know, I pointed this out during the summer, uh, during the Republican primaries, when the president was saying, I'm going to build a wall, the Mexicans are going to build the wall, and I point, tried to point out, no, the Mexicans are not going to build the wall, and we need appropriations. So we need as many Republicans who will support us as possible in Congress because the president can't build the wall himself. That's all come true because it's all common sense. And so the bottom line is you're in Florida. You got to ask Mr. Rubio if he supports building the wall. You got to ask everybody running for office if they support building the wall and what steps are they going to take to advance that agenda, whether it's a wall or a double edged fence, whatever the physical barrier and personnel requirements are, the president knows. Are they going to do it or not? Now, this poor girl, Molly Tibbetts, was murdered in cold blood in the middle of Iowa 
20-year-old, beautiful young, young lady, snuffed out by an illegal alien. And you're going to hear the left say, well, you know, give you statistics. It's nothing to do with it. This is a human being. She was killed by an illegal alien. She wouldn't have been killed but for that illegal alien in our country. And they claim to have compassion for human life on the left. Show me, where is their compassion for human life, Larry? Is it in abortion? Is it protecting the American citizenry? Is it securing the border? Is it backing the cops? Is it supporting the United States military? They're all there to protect us. Well, I tell you, Mark, for myself, I'll rely on myself to protect myself. I'm not relying on any of them. I don't trust too many. This is a 20-year-old girl. She couldn't rely on herself to protect herself. You and I can, but there's a lot of people out there who can't. Well, I understand what you're saying, Mark, but back to the Rubio point. Hey, Rubio's got to go. I moved to Florida for the sole purpose to vote against Rubio. I moved from Huntsville, Alabama. I've talked to you several times. Well, unfortunately, you weren't in Huntsville, Alabama, to vote in the last election. Well, the problem is, I mean, I, I can't believe what my guys in Alabama did. I, I can't believe that that, that they uh, uh, voted that swamp creature in. But the truth is, when you when you're in Alabama, and this is what's happening to us across uh, the country, we're having the Democrats come into the Republican Party. If you run as a Democrat in Alabama, wait a, wait a minute, you have an open primary system in Alabama, or they do? Well, it's not that they have the open primary system. It's that nobody's going to vote for a Democrat. So, so what happens is, is the Democrats start saying, "Oh, I'm a Republican." Oh, I so see. So basically, so basically, what's happening is, you've got guys claiming to be conservative, up like you know, mm-hmm. Mo Brooks is one of them. Uh, no, I like Mo Brooks. He's quite good, actually. Talks a big game, and I well, what, what do you want Mo Brooks to do? I think Mo Brooks has been quite good. He's challenged leadership. He's voted the right way on taxes. On he voted the right way on budgets. I don't know what the else what else uh, Mo Brooks can do. Well, hey, him and, him and the other guy voted for Boehner. Uh, they, our our two guys, our delegation from Alabama, could have took Boehner down. And they voted. Nah, Boehner was not going to go down until uh, until Meadows did what he did, and and uh, Brooks backed him. All right, I don't I don't want to get into all this. You've got a pretty tough test there, Larry. But uh, Mo Brooks is a terrific. Uh, conservative in the house of representatives and if if he doesn't measure up we can never win thank you for your call joe tyler texas the great ktbb go oh my gosh <laughs> i wanted to talk to you um my pleasure thank question. you i have a stupid question um, no, i missed no, your you show don't. a few days ago yeah and uh it's about the whole basis of all the investigations being based on a phony FISA warrant. Why can't that all be thrown out of court like it would be if it was Miranda law? Well, it's not all based on the phony FISA warrant. My understanding is they didn't get anything off the FISA warrant. It is the fact of the FISA warrant. The fact that the court would approve such a warrant. The fact that the FBI and the Department of Justice would present an application that didn't include uh, the fact that the, the Hillary campaign and the DNC funded the dossier that was used as, among other things, but primarily the basis for the warrant. That's the problem. And really nothing has come out of that FISA investigation, even though it was extended uh, four times. This is why uh, Mr. Mueller is, uh, is, is, is roaming around the country looking for anything and trying to set up the president with a, uh, with a legal trick. It's disgusting. 
It is disgusting. The whole damn thing is disgusting. All right, man. Thank you for your call. I mean, even if you disagree with this president, I mean, do you like the Constitution? Do you believe in separation of powers? Do you believe that the FBI was out of control? The FISA court was misled? These are facts. Facts. All right. Jim, Boise, Idaho, Sirius Satellite, go. Hey, how are you doing today there, young man? Ah, young man, I wish. I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. Hey, a couple things. Our buddy, old uh, Lanny Davis, you know, when you talk about the uh, plea that uh, was given today, a couple things kind of jumped out at me. First off, I think the deal was made by, obviously made by Lanny Davis. He sat down with the prosecutors, went through all the stuff, and they picked the finance stuff because it means nothing. Everybody, I've been listening to people all day long. There's, it's not, they didn't break any laws. I mean, one guy after no, another. I, no, no, one guy after another is not saying that. One guy after another on the finance laws is saying it directly implicates the president. That's why I've been spending, what now, two hours explaining that it doesn't. So I'm going to go on Fox tonight and explain that it doesn't because people are going on there and saying absolutely the wrong things. What I'm saying is there's no laws broken there. That Trump didn't, that there's nothing that implicates. What they're saying is they are broken and that Trump participated in it. I'm watching it right now. I'm listening to it all, all, all night long. And we agree. I totally agree with you. What I'm saying is is that if you look at the charges that they that he came up with, he came up with the only one that meant nothing. It doesn't mean anything. So then you got to ask yourself, why did he come up with that charge? All right, sir, thanks for your call. I'm t- I don't know what else to say. I spe- I've spent two hours on this. And um, the immediate report, I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name. He's actually Ed. What's the guy on Fox? Ed, the reporter, Mr. Producer, are you with me? You know who I mean? wasn't John Roberts, Ed Henry, who I like, and John Roberts followed up. This may directly implicate the president. Now, this is a plea deal. It doesn't directly implicate the president as a matter of law. What is the law when it comes to this pay, these two payments? If directed by the president and if paid by the president, whether through his personal accounts or his corporate accounts. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. The fact that you have this sleazy slip and fall lawyer who's going to lose his license, who didn't pay his taxes, who lied on his loan documents, cutting a deal, a plea bargain with a prosecutor who wants the campaign finance laws to say what he wants them to say. He's not the final arbiter. This thing hasn't been adjudicated. It's a plea deal. But the president is directly implicated. Why? If Cohen, the sleazy criminal lawyer, confessed as a lawyer, makes an allegation about the president making payments, let's, let's say this. Let's say the president of the United States paid for the nondisclosure agreements. And there's video. And there's audio. He directed that they be paid by Michael Cohen. Let's just play along. Then he reimbursed Michael Cohen. 
out of his private accounts and or his corporate accounts. Hush money. That is a non-disclosure agreement paid for by the president, not by the campaign, which may influence the campaign because the president doesn't want this negative stuff hanging around. But that's not illegal. That's not illegal. The prosecutor wants it to be illegal. But it's not illegal. Michael Cohen agreed that it was illegal, but that's because he wanted a deal. He didn't want to be charged with other stuff. That's where we are. This was worked out by two parties. But Michael Cohen implicated the president. Lanny Davis said, if it's a crime for Cohen, it must be a crime for Trump. That's not true. Cohen confessed to making these payments, which were not a crime, and accepted the prosecutor's interpretation of the law in order to avoid being charged with more crimes. That's not on the president. That's Cohen's problem. With the great advice, no doubt, from Lanny Davis, who immediately tweets out an attack on President Trump, because that's what he's all about, which I think is dishonorable, could be unethical for all I know. Let's continue. As soon as we come back, we'll be right back. in. found guilty of eight counts, mostly bank fraud. Remember all those foreign accounts? Remember all the testimony there? Remember the focus on that? Fact of the matter is, uh, none of that mattered. None of that was relevant. Uh, Those were ten counts for mistrial. Manafort will now be tried in the District of Columbia. They're trying to get him to squeal about something, anything. I mean, I don't know. You step back and you look at this. You know, my first candidate in the Republican primaries was Ted Cruz. I had to come around to support Trump, which I did in early September for the general election. I came around. I encouraged you, as you know, to vote for him, to stop Hillary. The president gave a magnificent speech at Gettysburg. He put out his list of uh, judicial nominees. He said a lot of things that were very solid. And I said, well, why wouldn't we vote for him? Let's vote for him. Let's support him. And the president of the United States, Donald Trump, has been far better than I could have ever dreamed. I've told him this myself. In so many areas, he's been superior to anybody else. He's fighting like hell to secure the southern border. He's resisted. He's fighting like hell to get originalists on the courts. He's succeeding. He fought like hell to cut taxes. He succeeded. I wish they would have cut individual tax rates too, but he got what he could. He's slashing regulations like no president in American history. Driving the left nuts because that's how they control us most of the time. He's building up the United States military which Obama and McConnell eviscerated. 
China's on the rise. Russia's on the rise. The rest are on the rise. And he's confronting them. Finally, we have a president who respects our police officers and all law enforcement. I disagree with him on tariffs, as you know. I agree with the way he's punishing China with tariffs. They're the enemy. That's a different story than, say, Canada or Japan. But fine. When President Reagan in 1986 signed his amnesty bill, I disagreed with him, and I was part of the administration. He was still a great president. Donald Trump will be a great president. I've come to that conclusion. Over the course of the last year or 18 months. 15 months. But what bothers me the most are these efforts, these sleazy efforts to get him impeached now. It's all about impeachment. The Southern District of New York is conducting itself in an incredibly political way. The same reason uh, when they went after Dinesh D'Souza and put him in prison for 20 months for a minor campaign violation that they never enforce in that way. Paul Manafort, guilty. Eight counts today, eight out of 18. Still going to be tried in D.C. Why? Why? He was doing this stuff, whatever that stuff was, for years. Why? Because he was on their radar. He was the campaign manager to the president. And his deputy, a confessed crook, made a plea deal with these same prosecutors. The Democrats say they're concerned about Russian influence in our election. They got guys like our buddy Lindsey Graham saying, let the investigation take its course. Who's stopping it from taking its course? Unless the course cuts a hole through the Constitution. Because it's the Constitution that matters, Lindsey, not the investigation. And it is amazing that when Mr. Rosenstein gave Mr. Mueller his mandate, it didn't include Russia interfering on in our election as a general matter, as relates to Trump. And so Mr. Mueller, in the meantime, subsequently has been expanding his investigation into all kinds of stuff. The Manhattan Madam, as a perfect example. Tax and bank issues in the northern, the eastern district of Virginia. But he doesn't expand it, and Mr. Rosenstein doesn't ask him to, when it comes to actual Russian collusion involving Hillary Clinton, the DNC, a law firm, this lawyer Mark Elias, Fusion GPS, a British former spy, and Kremlin apparatchiks. That they don't want to look at. Why? They don't want to investigate the complicity of the Obama administration at the highest levels. The unmasking of American citizens, including Mike Flynn. They don't want to investigate the obvious corruption that took place at the highest levels of the FBI. They don't want to investigate that. Why? All the Russians you can want, right? Are connected to all these guys and connected to all their actions. Peter Stroke, it turns out, special pleader for a Russian oligarch who's trying to get into the country. Who's on the on the no list, aided by a top official, the number four official of the Department of Justice. All kinds of stuff they won't investigate, Mr. Mueller, Mr. Rosenstein, and the prosecutor. It's incredible. I'll be right back. 
Mark Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. So here's some exciting news. Simply Safe is now valued at $1 billion. Now, this company used to be just five guys working together. The founder only started the company because he wanted to help his buddies who were burglarized. Now it's worth a billion dollars. Simply Safe protects over two million people, including my family. And here's what makes them so great Simply Safe is comprehensive protection for your home with round the clock professional monitoring and police dispatch. You get protection against intruders, fires, leaks, and burst pipes. Simply Safe keeps working during power outages downed Wi-Fi, even if a burglar smashes your keypad. Now, the system's easy to use, it's incredibly intuitive, and it takes just minutes to set up. With Simply Safe, there are no contracts or hidden fees. You get cutting-edge technology. In 24-hour, that is 24-hour, seven days a week monitoring, and that's only $14.99 a month. CNET, PC Magazine and the Wire Cutter, all named Simply Safe, their top pick for home security. Order your Simply Safe system now at simplysafemark.com, and my listeners get free shipping and free returns. So that's simplysafemark.com to protect your family and your home right now. Simplysafemark.com. Don't forget, in a, almost exactly one hour from now, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I will be in the Fox News Channel's Hannity to try and straighten out this uh, Michael Cohen situation because it's quite a mess out there with people who are uh, knuckleheads. So I hope you'll watch. Tom, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and our great affiliate WPHT. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh, in reference to Rod Rosenstein's impeachment proceedings, could that in any way... Uh, stop this train wreck that's happening around the president? Well, they brought up impeachment, they introduced it, and then they stopped. They withdrew it. Yep. Crazy, isn't it? do-nothings are at it again. It was bizarre. Well, why would you even bring it up if you're not going to follow through on it? Right. It makes no sense whatsoever. Well, Uh, I I wanted... You said take action. I did, actually. I joined the convention of the states uh, yesterday morning. Wonderful. We need Pennsylvania. Wonderful. Well, I, we have Bob Casey. Uh, we don't need him. This, is, this goes through the state legislature. Casey doesn't oh, matter. Governor, The governor doesn't even matter. Well, thank thank God for that. Cause he's Just the state one. legislature. Okay. I, that's that's great news. In fact, I'm, I've looked on some of the things that I could hopefully uh, volunteer for. Um, I, I thought your show on Sunday night was so spot on. It just... And then uh, got me into action. So. Well, thank you. And I hope you'll yep. watch our show next Sunday night. I'm not going to announce it till later, because if I do, then all these other shows steal the guests. And we're sick and tired of that. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Angelica, Tucson, Arizona, the great K-N-S-T. Go. All right, let's lower our radio. Angelica, please go right ahead. Hello. Yeah? Yeah, lower your radio and come right on. Yes, hello. Hello, Mark Levine? Yes. Uh, hello, you are my hero, and I am full of delight. I'm so delighted to be on. I would like to say something. I'm only a humble voter. 
and when they are the opposition party is constantly in the attack mode, don't you think this could work for the conservative party that when the Americans are done, they are not that stupid. I really love the Americans. And I think maybe they will wake up and see that this is absolutely unfair. And well, maybe- there's a certain percentage of Americans who won't wake up. What do you say? There's a certain percentage of Americans who will not wake up. Yeah, but it, it could work for us. It could work for our advantage. It really could. Mm-hmm. Because this is too much. It's every day. In- you, th- you think they're overreaching. Yeah, I do. Well, I hope you're right. Uh, Time will tell. Uh, And they're getting increasingly violent on top of everything else. But if you watch these other cable channels, which I cannot, but we get these clips, uh, which which we play in video for TV, audio, obviously, for radio. Um, The hosts on CNN and MSNBC, the guest commentators, the contributors are really nuts. I mean, they say the most awful, vicious, over-the-top things you can imagine. All right, John, thank you for your call, ma'am. I appreciate it. John, Traverse City, Michigan, the great WTCM. Go. Yeah. Hi, Mark. Um, what I was wondering was in the Manafort uh, case, if if he can appeal, and if the, part of that appeal, uh, his accomplice that testified against him uh, was a proven liar. Yeah, if, so? uh if that would get thrown out. No, it won't get thrown out. This happens every day, unfortunately. Proven liars are given lesser sentences to go after these so-called bigger fish. It happens in mob cases, typically, and uh, even terrorist cases. But uh, but in this case, it was done against the uh, the, the individual who, uh, who was the president's campaign manager. Because, look, again, this is all about impeachment. They want to write this report. Make all these allegations. Uh, the president's people are going to have to write a response. Uh, but the Democrats will cling to it. You folks are going to be very upset and angry and frustrated by what's going to take place. Um, and, uh, and then you'll see some of the Republicans peel off the usual types. And uh, it's going to be really uh, it's going to be re- re- very difficult. All right, John, appreciate your call, sir. Let's go to Terry Hoboken, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Mark. Pleasure to talk to you. Yes, sir. Being the greatest legal, being the greatest legal scholar, scholar in America. No, I, I don't know about your, that. That's a big group. Yeah. I, I wanted to hear your expert opinion on this issue. Uh, do you think it's a coincidence or part of the deep, deep state coup or part of the coup by the deep state that Manafort and uh, Cohen verdicts both came out today? Well, first of all, one was a verdict. One was a deal. So... They couldn't control the timing of the verdict in the court in uh, Virginia. The jury decides when it's going to make its decision. They did. Probably had no idea what was going on in the Southern District of New York. Same with the judge. He could care less about that. Now, that said, the deal that was cut by the prosecutors in the Southern District of New York, they could have controlled the timing of that. And apparently they were pushing to get it done this afternoon but I don't know whether they knew that a verdict was coming from the uh, Eastern District of Virginia from that court or not. So the answer is I don't know. Well, Mark, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate your uh, advice, and uh, have a good night. You too, Terry. Thank you. Hoboken, New Jersey, a very nice town. You know who was born in Hoboken, don't you, Rich? 
Frank Sinatra for crying out loud. Richie V, did you know that? All right. I mean, good Lord. Richie Rich. Patrick, Chicago, Illinois, the WLS country. How are you? Hello, Mark. Thank you very much for taking my call. A long-time listener, first-time caller, and I really appreciate what you do for us. Thank I you. do wish we could genetically clone you and put you or spread you around the country a little more than you are. Well, that would be a little weird, but anyway, yes. It would be. But anyway, two things. Um, personal experience. I'm a, I'm a retired delivery guy in Chicago. Yeah. Delivered in the loop for many years. Um, mm-hmm. My daily stop twice a day often was to the FBI at uh, 219 South Dearborn, the federal Dirksen building. I would drive under the building every day to the dock. And every day there was a bus there. Um, it appeared that Trailways and Greyhound both had contracts with the government because every other day it was the other company. But every day they filled a bus with orange jumpsuits going back to the border towns to, to you know, to bring them back home, if you will. And it occurred to me then, I was a young kid, I'm like, what is the expense in this? And if they're doing a bus a day just out of Chicago, are they doing one out of Philly, out of Pittsburgh, out of New York, New Jersey? How many buses a day across the country are we funding to drive back to the border towns? And this is a 1980, Mark. And I imagine it's still going on now. I mean, I guess it's kind of like a bad sump pump that just... I'm not understanding, though. Shouldn't we be driving them back? Well, we are. I mean, where where, where else are we going to put them? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying... My view is there ought to be more buses. Well, yeah, but my point is it's like a sump pump that you don't connect properly. It just keeps recirculating. Well, because they, don't, they won't secure the border. So these people come back into the country, back into the country. And you know, Patrick, it's not just people coming into the country illegally. It's people coming legally through the front door under our visa system. 45%, give or take, of the people here illegally have come through the front door in our visa system on these temporary visas for a temporary fixed period of time, and they don't leave. My point is in selling the wall or border security, these numbers should be dug up. You know, a study across the country, the money that has been spent... Well, let me ask you this. Who do you think that would convince? I'm sorry, say it again? Who do you think that would convince? Well, you know, at the end of the day, if facts don't sell people, then then we're pretty hopeless. I think facts are not selling people. I think you have a dug-in political party that seeks to fundamentally transform America, as their leader once said. They believe that through many policies they can do that, including immigration. They've been working on this for decades, and they've been succeeding. And they're not going to give it up. So to tell them how many people we've sent with yellow buses from these various cities to the border who come back, they're going to say, why are you sending them out to begin with? We need to naturalize those people. They, they're doing jobs Americans won't do, you know. Americans are second-class citizens. And as I wrote in Liberty and Tyranny, it's been repeated often, now we have uh, illegal aliens are noble and Americans are supremacists. Of course, of course. It's a it's it's a bad it's a bad moment in the country. There's no question about it with with what's going on on the left and the media. All right, Patrick, I appreciate your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
be sprinting from my current bunker to the Ronald Reagan studio bunker as soon as this program is over to be on the Hannity program on Fox in approximately 40 minutes. I hope you'll check us out 930 Eastern, 630 Pacific. We'll try and straighten out this Michael Cohen situation as people are sounding quite foolish, actually. And we need to try and uh, deal with that. You know, I was sent a note from our friends at FilterBuy from a new customer. And here's what it said. I've been in the middle of a home renovation, and there is drywall dust everywhere. Plus, the contractors are leaving the doors open, and it's been over 100 degrees many days this summer. Last weekend, my AC unit stopped working on the second floor. Turns out that the filters were about 98% clogged with drywall dust, and it was choking the system. Buying filters was always a pain because my system needed custom sizes. But with Filter Buy, they were able to get me exactly what I needed, fast and at a great price. Thank you for advertising with Mark Levin. And folks, you should join with Filter Buy too. Because of stories like this, Filter Buy is America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Choose from over 600 sizes that ship for free within 24 hours. Plus, they're manufactured here in America. Save 5% when you schedule for auto replacement. So you have a schedule, and the filters come automatically. You take the filthy filters out. You don't want to breathe that stuff, and you want to maintain your HVAC system. They're very expensive to replace. And put a fresh, new filter in there so it can do its job. Save time, save money, breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. And tell them... Mark sent you. Well, let's continue, shall we? Uh, let us go to uh, Fred in Fargo, North Dakota, the great WZFG, the flag. Go. Yeah, well, um, you know, with the Manafort uh, decision and the Cohen decision, this is all he has. This is all uh, Mueller has. You know, he, he, you know, he's all this thing about collusion and everything like that. All they can come up with was, you know, some tax fraud thing. You know, this is a great point you're making. You're saying, look, okay, he got Manafort on eight counts involving bank fraud or whatever. He's got a few few of these charges uh, and plea agreements that have nothing to do with anything. Then they got the Michael Cohen thing in the Southern District of New York, which I've explained uh, why that legally is not harmful to Trump, even though it could be a pain in the neck if the prosecutor's out of control. There's no Russia collusion. This is it? You're saying that's it? There's nothing left? If I was Mueller, you know? It's a great point. And so the goal here, you see, is to trick the president in an old-fashioned uh, game of gotcha. And only by playing gotcha... Can Mueller get anything? If the president doesn't play gotcha, he doesn't have anything. But that's the, the, the invidious nature of this, I will write a report, it'll go to the Congress, and they can use it to impeach him. I mean, it's just outrageous. It, it is. It is. It's we, all this money spent, everything, all the time, all the, the resources used, and everything like this, just to get these two people that have nothing to do with, with Russian collusion. You know, mm-hmm. what, 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 what does that play in? It, it doesn't. And so it's, it's pretty pathetic. I'm, I, I'm kind of sad for Mueller. 
<laughs> yeah, I know you say that tongue-in-cheek, but you're saying to use a prosecutor, just to sum up, as a stalking horse for impeachment, in the end, that is utterly improper. That, then you're improper. Then you have a, what is a, a, political, uh, a political entity here. Exactly, exactly. And- All right, what are you doing up there in North Dakota? Well, I'm watching everything grow. <laughs> you know, there's not much else to do around here, you know. and Watching uh, everything grow and everything dry like paint. All right. <laughs> you know, it feeds, uh, feeds the country, so I can't complain. So. Well, that's a good thing. You're a farmer? No, not me, but, uh, you know, I know a few, so. All right, I bet you do. All right, thank you, sir. They're not growing marijuana in North Dakota, are they? That's only in a handful of states, although that's catching on, too. Let's move quickly. Dave, Atlanta, Georgia. Mark Levin app. Go. Oh, great one, Mark Levin. How are you? Good. How are you, sir? Good. No, I wanted to make a comment. You know, you just mentioned to the guy that was talking about the Greyhound buses uh, and how we needed more of them, and you're absolutely right. We need more of those buses. It's going to take not only the illegal aliens, but the Democrats away as well, too. Oh, now, wait a minute. You want to put Democrats on buses and send them to the border, too? Absolutely. That's what they want. They want open borders. Send them down. Let them go live. No, no, no. You don't understand. They don't want to live as they dictate to others. No, no, no. They want to live a a, a luxurious capitalist life with choices and all the rest of it. They want us to live like we're in North Korea. A fundamentally change America. They call the Constitution a living document, not a not a final document they call illegal aliens undocumented i was i was watching the news and this this poor girl that was killed by an illegal alien they call them undocumented they don't want to admit what it really is and mm-hmm. this is a battle between the law abiding citizens and the people that don't care about the law and that's what we've got to fight for mark this law is and order. trump it is bigger than trump and uh you know one day trump won't be president and we'll still be around and they're still going to abuse us and treat us like this. You're exactly right. Great call. Great call, David. I appreciate it. A lot of great calls. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you in 30 minutes on Fox on the Hannity TV, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. We salute all you heroes out there, and thank you for all that you're doing. Check out Levin TV tonight. It's a brand new, and I think you're going to love it. All right? See you in 30 minutes. Have a great night. Have a great night.